welcome to Blaze Pod. My name is Ben. It is Thursday, the third of September, and joining me today, special guest, the original, the very first guest ever of Blaze Pod. He is back by popular request. It is, of course, <laughs> Jay, Mister Blades Analytic himself. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'd like to thank those two people that wanted me back. <laughs> For anyone who's not aware, you are, of course, not only a Blades fan, but also a recruitment analyst and uh, and, and partner at the football consultancy Market Insights these days. You're obviously very active on Twitter, very, I would say, very well known for your uh, analysis, opinions, reactions, the the whole range, the, the, the whole sphere of twitter usage for football you're very much at the forefront of it and it's uh yeah it's great to have you back mate welcome welcome back on it's a pleasure <laughs> right so we're going to talk transfers today that's obviously very much your um your area of expertise i did, i put out a, a Q&A on twitter and I, I would say most of the questions were actually sort of transfer related and the state of the market but i guess just before we get into those just want to have a quick kind of get your take on what appears to be a very strange transfer market, transfer window at the moment. Um, you know, it, it just seems, particularly how this affects United, I suppose. I mean, obviously, we've we've made one signing uh, of significance so far, I guess, as a backup goalkeeper, and then obviously um, Aaron Ramsdale as well. But it's not a lot of not a lot going on with United, and I would say clubs in our sort of range as well. It, it feels almost like you've just got the super clubs just going like, "Here's a hundred million. I don't care. Like we don't need to negotiate on things like wages and fees. You know, this is the play we want. We'll just go and get him." Whereas it just seems like a lot of other teams um, are just kind of almost waiting to see what happens, like waiting for someone to make the first move. Is that? Do you agree with that, or am I am I way off? Um, no, I, th- I think there's an element of truth in that as well. Yeah, there is probably. Um, I, th- I think you know we'll probably get into it on the questions, but it probably boils down to the fact that in the Premier League sphere of of funds available for transfers, we're we're at the bottom of the pile. Mm. Um, you know, alongside Burnley, really. Um, so we have to we have to be clever and smart with who we're after, and we have to bide our time. and And people need to remember that the, the window is open till October. Um, yes, you would rather have players in now for preseason so they can learn patterns of play and teammates, and obviously be ready for the first game. But I don't think I don't think anyone's going to panic about that at clubs. Um, certainly, the clubs we work with aren't because it's just such a weird season. Mm. It, you know, the, the time frames, the calendar, the compacted schedule. It's going to be such a weird season, and there's going to be things that open up basically in this next month. I, I think that's going to become obvious. There'll be a little bit more trading. Um, There'll be some some transfer trains, as we might call them, hmm. um, you know, where players go to one club and that then kicks off another two or three down the chain, uh, and that might open up some options as well for us. So I, I just think that you know w- what we've done so far is looked at certain players and then they've chose to go elsewhere. That's fine. Um, they won't be the only names on the list, so I'm I'm not particularly worried or concerned um, at all. Uh, I believe that we're probably. Have a, have a good bunch of targets, and we're just waiting for clubs to open up options. There may be loans and things like that, for example. Uh, mm. It's probably quite a probably quite a well known one, one in the press. You know, a certain Liverpool striker. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so things like that. You, you know, he's on a preseason tour with Liverpool. It's likely that Liverpool want to see how he is, want to see how he develops uh, before they let him go anywhere. If they are to let him go, so yeah. it, it's those type of things that clubs like us have to wait for. Yeah, and I guess we're in a strange position, United, aren't we? Where 
we know the first team is good enough, so we're we're, we're kind of trying to fill out the squad almost, don't we? Provide uh, cover and options and stuff like that, and that's I guess in, to some extent that's led us to be priced out of place where you get you know Matty Cash going for fourteen million, for example. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that United should spend fourteen million on at best, yeah. I would say, a rotation right wing back. But for other clubs, it does make sense to do that. So, yeah, I, I totally... I, it's, it's frustrating as a fan, but I kind of see the logic, I suppose, of just waiting for that value. And hopefully we won't just go into the season with, like, 17 players or something no, like that. No, 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 of course we won't. Of course we won't. And you're right, it's exactly that. It's um, it, it's just a simple case of, really, when you look at our, our first team um, and you look at this, this summer particularly with COVID and... Obviously, our ownership as well in terms of the, you know the assets of what were purchased as well last year. We aren't going to massively improve on the first team because to do so, we'd have to spend twenty million pound in a different couple of positions, and we've already spent. Well, I mean, who knows how much the Ramsdale deal is actually worth <laughs> considering Brooks fees and sell-ons? But you know, reportedly, we've already spent a large chunk of that on on the one position we needed, which is a goalkeeper. The only other spot you would say is potentially up for grabs in a starting eleven is a striker. Yeah. Um, you know, I think other than that, we would be quite happy to go with our, our 11 with a goalkeeper and a striker added. You know, uh, the same back three, the same midfield with Burge, Fleck and Norwood, um, Stevens, Baldock. We just need some cover. We need some competition. Like, you know, and we'll get into that on the questions, I guess. So I'll, I'll stop talking there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I mean, one, one other thing that's kind of surprised me is um, championship teams playing hardball quite effectively in the transfer market so far. I. I, in, in kind of post-COVID, I was thinking these guys are going to be like, oh my God, we need the money. Like, here, take our asset at a slightly reduced rate. And I, then, go ahead. I, 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 on that, I um, so we work with a championship club at market I, I, and, and they are, I have not, if you will. They're not one of the bigger spenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a little bit of posturing going on on that front. Mm. I know he, I know Eze went for 16, um, and to be fair, I think that's probably less than normal. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that, that to me seemed like quite good value for Palace, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know Watkins has been linked with big money, but and again, he, he is the absolute standout, so maybe he will go for a big fee. But I think that, and again, we've talked about Matty Cash, I think that if the clubs will pay it, they'll obviously get it out of them. But I think that certain smarter clubs like us will not be going in at those higher prices anymore um, because the championship finances aren't there. Yeah. They simply are not there. And clubs will be in danger of doing what what some quite famous clubs have done in recent years if they aren't willing to, to trade. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I think we're being smart and if we are looking at any championship targets, it may well be that we're hoping that by the end of this window, clubs are a little bit more desperate. Yeah, that's, uh, that very much seems to be uh, what it looks like from the outside. Right, let's, let's get to these questions, mate. Um, I'm going to kick you off with a question from Ian Park. says, uh, the areas that we need to prove in have been highlighted and talked about a lot, but are there any specific players that Jay thinks would fit perfectly based on uh, on your analysis any names spring to mind <laughs> um, we just I guess so striker you know if t- let's talk about strikers it's always the big one everyone likes to talk about we know financially it's probably not going to be doable I do think that Ollie Watkins is a, is a is a pretty sure name for us um, if you take away the money and say is he worth it if you just say what what does the player do mm. he's pretty much what we need he can spin in behind he can link. He, he's decent. He's a uh, hold up. He's quite strong. We've obviously got McBurney for that. 
Um, or Didzy can be a link man, but Watkins is kind of a halfway house between the two. Mm. And he can run in behind. He's a great snapshot shooter in terms of one-touch finishes around the box. He's kind of like Sharp was in the championship as well. He scored a lot of goals from headers, even though you wouldn't think of him as, a, as an aerial guy, simply because of his movement being so good. Um, and he was obviously a left winger when he first came to Brentford from, from Exeter. So mm. he can drift out wide and dribble, which is something we clearly do lack. Um, we lack people who can, can dribble and can beat a man. Um, so I think Watkins would be a, a really good name. And I really do think that if there is any opportunity we can get Rian Brewster, I am absolutely behind that. Um, we were at market. We worked with Swansea last year. We, one of our guys went and scouted Brewster at Liverpool and Every report we ever had on him was just, he's just an absolute clinical finisher. He hits the ball so well, so hard, often on target, often in the corners. It's like half a yard and he just shoots very, very good shots all the time from good areas. Um, he can run in behind as well, so he's got that element of pace. I think we obviously need, we all talk about pace, we need pace. <laughs> and we have Moose and we hope Moose is fit and ready to go because he could save us a lot of money if he can fire um, consistently. But I do think we do need some added mobility again up front. Um, and I do think we, we do need a player who can kind of not create their own chances, but can certainly get the ball and, and have a run at a back four and, and create a yard of space to get a shot off because we are a little bit structured in our approach. Mm, indeed. Um, do, are you confident that uh, Watkins is Premier League ready then? Um, it's, it's a good question. It's obviously one that kind of makes or breaks you, I guess, as a, as a <laughs> scout, really. Um <laughs> I think he's Premier League ready in the sense that I think he's, there's more to his games than just scoring goals. Mm. So if we, if we look at someone like Alexander Mitrovic, he might go on and have a good season this year, but he's never really smashed it at Premier League level um, yeah. because a lot of his game in the Championship is really just based on the ball coming into the box to him. Um, he, he doesn't give much outside of the box. He's not that mobile. He's not going to run down channels or press. Um, he's not going to link play he's not going to get it on the wing and, and, and jink past two or three to open up lines to shoot or to play a pass that, that's something that Watkins can do um, so I, I think basically for us who are who are looking to be a top half side or, or mid table side I'm assuming that's the ambition um, we're still going to be in a structured 5-3-2 shape defensively and when we get the ball to spring out we need people who can go wide who can pull wide who can take it who can dribble who can link who can run in behind um, and, and Watkins suits that type of profile so if you take the, the financial aspect away and just say does he does he suit what we need yes he does and I think he'd be a, a fairly good addition I also think we're, we're obviously heavily domestic based in our, our scouting and recruitment so it would be remiss to mention um, foreign players to be honest with you because the likelihood is it's not going to happen this summer mm. yeah fair enough um, on a, a related note actually Peter Nelson asks if you had to pick one development signing from uh, not from abroad but from the EFL for the Blades, who would you buy and why? So I guess a a prospect, I suppose, not necessarily somebody who's going to come in and make an impact this season, but someone you'd like us to kind of pick off and potentially develop over the next couple of seasons. Absolutely love this question. <laughs> it's, a good um, one. it's a really good one. There's there's a couple. I'll just go through a couple. Um, one of them's just gone to QPR, so I would I would have loved Rob Dickey. Um, from oh, Oxford yeah yeah uh, centre half and unbelievable passer out from the back um, really comf- comfortable in possession uh, and, a, and a good size as well so someone who when you look at Egan's age and you look at Dickie's age someone who could have come in backed up Egan um, obviously I know we've got Jags but you know just just in a, a dream world if you will 
Um, somebody who could have come in back, back to Began could have played on the right side of defence as well where Bash plays but but not as mobile as Bash but but basically could have progressed us into a little bit more of a passing team out from the back if, if he made the step up um, so I, I really like him hmm. uh, right wing back is an interesting one um, there's, there's a couple of, of decent ones in the FL I'm quite a big fan of Marlon Romeo at Millwall um, oh, I'm not familiar with him I, I really like him Mill, Millwall Millwall are copying Sheffield United for anyone who doesn't know um, and, and that, that is not harsh to say that is an absolute compliment they actually played it quite well they play a, a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3 and their centre-backs do push on mm. um, big big Jake Cooper if anyone can remember him the header he scored against us when we thought it was all over never forget uh, unfortunately <laughs> big, big Jake Cooper has turned into a Jack O'Connell and he's actually decent at it as well he's quite good with his feet Um <laughs> So, so he does that. But Romeo plays right wing back in a similar system, and he's about 24 years old. So, not so much of a development option, but a, but a cheaper option, if you will. Mm. Um, and powerful, really powerful ball carrier, good crosser, and a good defender as well. He's athletic. He can deal with people one on one, which is what we say Bulldogs great at. And he can also powerfully drive the ball forward. So, I really, really like Romeo. Um, and then I do have a, I guess strikers wise, it's difficult. But there's there's not that many absolute ridiculous ones in the FL I, I, my personal thought was we may have taken a punt on Ivan Tony. Mm, um, I did wonder that yeah I, I, and, and we're fans we're not in a position to say because Chris and Alan bought him through at Northampton so mm. they know it better than anyone um, I think that profile wise he fits really what you want he is that that all round mobile target man in, in that Calvert-Lewin type mould you know someone who can run around but can also win headers can link and and can also have a little bit of movement to get in behind. And I just thought we might have a look at him. Um, maybe a bit pricey, I guess, to not be a starter. But yeah. I really liked I really liked Ivan Tony, and I think he would have been uh, a good gamble. Yeah, he went for about ten million to Brentford in the end, right? Yeah, I think, I think the way they normally package the deals is, is there's a bunch of add-ons in there as well. You know what Brentford are like, super smart. Um, so it won't won't be ten mil flat fee, but yeah, yeah the, the whole package could be worth ten mil, which which is quite you know quite expensive for us if we're not starting him. Um, yeah, I, I just felt he was someone who who looked like that step up may have been a may have been something he could do. Nice on a on a similar theme, uh, a few players. Excuse me, a few people had uh, questions about younger players who were already at United. Um, Adam was curious who are the best players coming through the academy and will any of them get any playing time this season do you think and the brilliantly named steamed Steerman which players <laughs> which players from the under 23s have the most potential now a lot of buzz about uh, a 16 year old by the name of Antoine Hackford who only really came to my attention um, I guess post lockdown last season when he was suddenly um, suddenly training with the first team uh, no, no appearance yet, uh, or in, indeed in the squad for the first team, but uh, has featured in the last couple of friendlies. Is he is he someone you're uh, on your radar as a uh, a high potential player? Simply through others. So under under twenty three football is definitely not my expertise. I have only seen clips of the guy. Um, I, I'm you know I won't pretend to be an expert at all on him. Um, but people who I do know and trust who who, who are involved in under twenty three football do say he is some talent. Hmm. Um, obviously due to the age that is a very raw potential and there is a lot more development needed in him I don't think he'll be getting first team minutes yeah. maybe maybe bench appearances um, I don't think he's ready for a loan yet either um, I might be wrong on that uh, but I, I would expect him to stay with with 
kind of within the environment for another season at least at his age. Um, if we're talking about the 23s that we that we know of, um, Reese Norrington Davis, I absolutely love. Mm. Um, I, I really love him, and, and I actually think that. Reese could be someone who's developed into a replacement or at least a, a competition for Jack O'Connell. Oh, really? Um, Interesting. So I, I always had him pegged as... Um, I know he was playing left-back for uh, Rochdale last season, right? But I, I had him pegged as more of a, an attacking player. He is. He, he definitely is. So Rochdale played three at the back towards the end of last season, in about 10, oh, okay. 10 12 games. And he was, was left-back slash left-wing-back for, for a lot of the season. And statistically, one of the better attacking Left backs in the league, great, great ball carrier, big mm. ball carrier. Um, you know, end deceiving style in the fact he, he's got quite a big frame. You know, he, he's not a that minute wing back in the mould of a Rico Henry or someone like or an Ashley Cole. He, he, he's quite sturdy, quite stocky, but a powerful ball carrier, great crosser of the ball, deep crosser, uh, finds the back post well. But actually, Rochdale moved into left centre back for about eight nine games, and he was very very good at defensively as well. Mm. Um, and I think that. It is something that if we are to develop into a top-half side, finding that player... I like Jack Robinson. Perfectly serviceable player. Love that throwing. Good defender. Um, also puts in a good delivery. But I think we all agree we lacked a little bit of power on the dribble and ball carrying without Jack O'Connell. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that overlap wasn't quite there, was it? Um, and I, I think someone like Reese, who who's naturally an attacking front-foot player... If he could be developed into a left centre back with with the defensive side improving, that attacking platform is something that could really evolve the side um, mm. and could potentially save us a lot of money as well if it's there. But I really like him. I think I wonder if we we'd, we you know if we might keep him. I think he might actually go on loan. And to be fair, it would be a good loan for him probably at this time. I think as as long as the loan's to the championship, then we get to see what he's made of, um, and I think that would be really good for him. But He's one I'm really, really high on. Um, and I, I'm really interested in what happens with Reagan this year as well. Um, he, went, he had a loan in, in League Two last year that was, was quite poor, really. He was hampered by injury and Scunthorpe were really poor. Mm. Um, and he never really... He, he had some good stats, actually, but he never really had any momentum. And I think what he needs is... He needs 35, 40 games in League One. Um, it, it might even be better than League One, frankly. I think Regan's a really good player. Um, but if he went and got 35-40 games in League One we'd have a really good view of where he's at um, and at that point you can assess him a little bit better because he's at that age now where he needs to find a role in a team and be a leader at that level and if he can do that as we've proven with our players we've taken from League One Chris will take a chance Let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors As you know the start of the new football season is here And what better way to celebrate and watch the match than with some of the best beer on the planet, courtesy of Beer 52. Beer 52 have the perfect beer for any occasion and they are offering eight free craft beers sourced and curated from the best brews on the planet. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover just the $5.95 for the postage and they will send you a case of eight free beers. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every single month. Each month's case has a different theme and as an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option plus your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. 
Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash bladespod to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Next question from Steve Marsden, which is kind of related to any, I guess, any suggested changes in how United scout, I suppose. Um... He says, I think that Wilder is rightly keeping us in a sustainable place by not throwing the kitchen sink at potential players like other clubs. But what point does that hurt us? Interested to know how you would keep us in the black while finding good players from an analytic point of view. So, I mean, yeah, do you do you like see um, what the sort of the next evolution of how we approach transfers is, I suppose, versus what we do at the moment? Yeah, this is an interesting, really interesting question. Um, you know, I am absolutely out there with my my opinion that every club, not just Sheffield United, every club could, could, who who isn't already doing it could be a little bit smarter with, with the use of data. Um, that's that's not to say we don't. I, I don't know, um, but uh, and then widening that using that data to widen their their network, their field, if you will. Um, so I think our evolution does come in building networks abroad. Yeah. Um, that is something we we should and and will have to do, in my opinion, because that's that's where the value is right now. You, you mentioned that championship clubs are are holding out for quite big fees for players that at times you might think, yeah, he's a very good player, but you know, is he is he really going to impact us over thirty games in the Premier League? Um, and, I, and I think you look abroad, and there's there's a lot of value um, from certain leagues. I know, I know Kai Hivert's going to Chelsea, but the Bundesliga has coughed up some players this year that, that are actually quite quite cheap value, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, and, they, and they're playing for good sides in a very good standard of a league, um, quite clearly. So I, I just think that that's something we're going to have to do. We're going to have to to broaden that, that, that field and be a little bit more... It's not risky, but but we're going to have to be a little bit more open. Um, and I think we're going to have to be, be a little smarter on how we minimise the risk from abroad that's not to say that players from abroad are risky but you know in terms of the transition the settling period mm. um, all the things that come into moving to a new country we're, we're going to have to be a little bit smarter in how we do that it's clearly doable because other clubs have done it successfully I'm not saying where every player has to be, be foreign I, I think with the way we market ourselves on the English market and the AFL market is very good um, we've had a lot of value out of that but I just wonder if we'll get into a tipping point where we've had the value out of it right now if you see what I mean mm. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's going to be hard when you're trying to be a top 10 Premier League team to keep finding Ender Stevens and George Bulldog. It really is. They, they, they don't get a chance to come with the team, you know, like ours guys did, come up through the leagues and learn a system that no one else can counter. Yeah. They, they have to come in and they have to perform from day one or at least be putting pressure on from day one. That's very hard for a League One player to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a few questions about uh, possible formation changes, I suppose, to kind of unlock the team a little bit. Um, Tom Wright, uh, what subtle changes to the flat three could we make to uh, push up the pitch in possession and create more for the strikers? Uh, Josh says, um, while they hinted that the plan originally last season was to play with two number 10s and uh, the system change was the reason Luke Freeman played so little, do we anticipate a potential tweak again this season? If so, what would you like to see change? And I mean... I guess we we kind of had this debate a little bit when uh, when Berger signed, didn't we? That potentially him and Norwood would both play in a similar deeper position, and then you you know switch the formation up in advance of that. Is there anything? I mean, you mentioned earlier on, you know, you're pretty pretty confident we're just going to 
essentially run out the same kind of three five two at the moment. But is there anything you think could potentially be tweaked, or you would like to see tweaked in certain situations? No, I, I think I, I think the formation as you see it on paper will still be a, a flat three five two, which, which gives us a five three two defensively. I think the tweaks will come in in the patterns and the rotations the players do. Um, there's always slight changes in that, um, and I expect Chris and Alan to come up with with just some very minor tweaks to how to how we play. It may well be that we bring in a striker um, who who has a little bit more mobility, or, or, or Moose comes back and and he's absolutely fit and firing and ready to go, and and we can tweak slightly the way we build, um, yeah. maybe a little bit less, little bit I wouldn't say less out wide, but maybe a little bit less. Um, kind of structured build-up at times, maybe we can go a little bit more counter-attack. I think that's something we could see this year. Um, if we bring in the right personnel up front, I think we could be a little bit more transitional-based from from when we spring out rather than having to keep the ball and build it through. But I think the, the personnel we have um, who are going to be p- playing the predominant minutes dictates that right now we're going to stay as we are. Yeah. Why, why would we change? It just got us a, a ridiculous finish in the Premier League. And, and the main reason for that ridiculous finish was the stability, yeah. the defensive record. Um if we all of a sudden try and plonk a 10 in there or try and go two 10s, one 9, we, A, we don't have the personnel for it. We'd have to buy a lot, a lot of, you know, for a lot of value. And, and, and B, you're unsure how that's going to offset the balance. And I, I don't think we're ready for that change, especially after this summer. I think that comes in, in the next 18, 24 months if we're a Premier League team. Yeah, interesting. I, my, my next question actually is, um, well, I assume it's slightly tongue-in-cheek from uh, a man known as Undertaker John. Um, but it, I, I can pull a non-facetious question out of this. But he says, would Messi automatically revive the Duffy role or should we still play a flat three in midfield? Now, I think you can twist that to be like, take a player like um, Buendia, for example. Is Are we simply not going to be in the market for someone like that? Because, as you say, it's going to be a risk to change what's been so successful for us right now and is that you know is that then a player we look at in as you say 18 to 24 months or or you know do you see a situation where you know a player that's as skillful as Buendia is available and we're just like this guy will improve us even if we have to change how we play we're going to sign him would you reckon we've seen from the past on much lower levels that, that Chris will do that mm. um if, if a good player becomes available who he thinks makes us a better team we'll find a way to fit them um, and we'll find a way to make that deal work. The, the John Swift in, interest is interesting to me hmm. um, because I, I, I'm, from what I've seen in preseason, I'm really high on Sander staying at right centre mid. Yeah, um, yeah, same. I, Particularly at the I, end of last season as well. Yeah, I didn't think I would be, but he's that much of an intelligent kid and, and his skill set is that good in terms of being a big, strong ball carrier that he actually adds something there that we, we didn't have. Um and he himself is saying he's learning the role better. He feels leaner. He feels fitter. He looks quicker in the games that I've seen. You know the Dundee game, for example. I know it was only forty-five minutes, but he was really dominant in that game. Um, yeah. And I, I think if we're if we're going to run with that, I'm happy. I think someone like Swift is probably out of the price range now for what we wanted him for. But I think what you'd be looking at with someone like Swift is someone who can go into a ten role if we're chasing a game. Mm. Um, you know, maybe we can bring that back. Maybe that can be a tweak. Maybe the tweak doesn't come from the start of a game. Maybe it comes if we're, we're needing to win a game or, or get a goal back in a game. We actually have a 10 yeah. rather than having to drop Didzi into a 10 because I, I never think that Didzi as the 10 works. Um, I always prefer Didzi just having a complete free role as, as a forward. Um, 
and then midfielders running on ahead of him. I just think if you make him a 10 only, it almost takes away a little bit because he has to be in that pocket of space all the time. He can't be on the left wing. Um, you know, he can't be at left back picking the ball up like he does at times. Mm. So I think that that would have been interesting for that reason in terms of giving us the option to do that. But, you know, I, I don't think that that's something we'd be looking at right now because for me, and it's something I want to write about, but I, I think I think Sander Burge is, is going to have an absolutely massive season. I really do. Um, and, and that looks like it's going to be at right centre mid, which I'm absolutely okay with, and I didn't think I would be. <laughs> yeah, I suppose with, with what's happened with uh, Lundstrom, I suppose, kind of almost o- opened up more minutes there for him, I guess, hasn't he? And yeah, he's really, really thrived in it so far. Um, just this is this is my little tangent here from what we we're just talking about with number tens. Explain what's happened with Luke Freeman to me, uh, letting him go to Forest on loan. Just give me give me a couple of sentences on on how that makes sense for United. Uh, uh, <laughs> Getting I mean, wages off the book. I mean, look, he only played like what five hundred minutes last season or something. It's not like we're missing. It's not like no. we've 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 like lost something that we had last season, but. It, it, we have lost one of our few players who can play the number ten. Yeah, we've we've lost a creative body who could do the ten role definitely. But I think, I, and again, I think that says a lot about what we're going to do this season. Mm. Um, uh, I think we don't watch. You know, I, I I liked Freeman from the short minutes he played. We don't watch him every day in training. It's obviously something that the management are just not that keen on. That's that's fine. That happens. Um, if if we if we couldn't structure in. A, a cash plus Freeman deal for Matty Cash. If, if Forrest only wanted the cash and, and it was a big amount of uh, a big amount of cash for cash, um, <laughs> then then fair enough. His wages are off the books. We weren't going to use him. His wages are off the books, and he may. I guess the hope is he may well have a massive season and increase his value for next year. Yeah. Um, so okay, you know I, I can get that. And if we're not looking to play a ten, and right now Freeman isn't the backup to Fleck. I think you know Osborne is that. Yeah. Um, then, then fair enough. He, he's their choice, probably on a not bad wage. It's okay to shift him out as long as we're bringing players in. And uh, I, I think that's the big thing for a lot of people when that happened. It was the okay. That's that's a strange one, but mm. it's not strange if we sign midfielders. Um, you know, if we if we bring in one more midfielder who who can be creative or or who potentially can play ten. It's not really that bad of a thing, is it? You know, we've just traded one in, one out. So yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm, I'm okay to wait until the end of the window and then look at that. If if, if we don't sign one and we are just in a flat free, um, then obviously we're in a place where we might fall short creatively. I think we all agree, or those of us that look at the numbers agree, we need to find a way, whether that's for a system or personnel, to create more chances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and. I think one way to do that is we need better ball carriers, we need better dribblers within that that number 10 slash midfield area because right now we don't have people who break enough lines. It, it's all very structured, it's all very passing pattern based out wide and for us to score a goal, it's it's a lot of hard work a lot of yeah. the time. <laughs> That's very true. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give you one more question from uh, from listeners uh, and it's it's related to surprise packages so Elliot Wardle says uh, last season Lundstrom was a surprise package felt like a new signing who do you think will have a breakthrough this season and feel like a new signing and 
Joel Bayton along similar lines. Last season saw the birth of Lord Lundstrom. Do you think there'll be any surprises next season? King Kean, perhaps. <laughs> that <laughs> might be going a little far. Um, I think this, this is quite hard. I mean, obviously, it's quite hard to say because it's it's a surprise by its very nature. But I'm, I'm just kind of struggling for candidates here, I think. Any, anyone spring to mind for you? Yeah, surprises are hard, aren't they? Um, because I, I don't think our team selection will be a surprise on day yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I guess the only way to—it's not really answering that question—but you know, in terms of who do I think will 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 kick on and be even bigger next year, I think Ollie McBurney is going to have a massive year. Mm. Um, I'm really big on McBurney. I, I think what he did last year in terms of the sheer amount of work rate with, with pressing, with aerial jaws, with 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 just holding it up and getting kicked and fouled, to still have the amount of expected goals he did in a in a team that wasn't that creative, is is a big sign for me. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of those where if he scores early, he could go on and get, get 10, 11, 12, kind of in that, and this is not a bad comparison, but kind of in that Glenn Murray role for Brighton. Um, every single season, Glenn Murray kept Brighton up by getting 12 goals. Uh, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually, it's always like sixth, seventh best on a top scorer's list in the Prem. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely unreal considering the team standard that he was playing for, you know, not not in the top four or five. So I think Bernie can fulfil that. And as I've already said, I think Burge is going to be absolutely massive. Um I, I just, if he carries on continuing in confidence and, and gets that little bit quicker, fitter, and a little bit more aggressive in a tackle, I, I, I think he's one of the best midfielders in the Prem outside oh, of the top four. I'm I really do. Keep going. <laughs> I, I just, he's, he's got, he's got everything. You know, if, if you give him that little bit of snappiness, that little bit of aggressiveness, I think he, it's quite hard to say you can coach that, but you can certainly motivate it out of people. I, I think he missed that a little bit last year. Sometimes it was a little bit lax. Sometimes it was a little bit slow, um, and that's absolutely fine. I think if he if he gets that in his game, if he gets that little bit of dy- dynamism going, if he makes them big ball carries down the side, if if he get, gets into the box and starts whipping the crosses across the box like he was doing in the Tottenham and Chelsea games, then I just think he, he's massive. There's not many midfielders like him. Yeah, when you look yeah. at his size, his power, the speed that he moves at, he's absolutely unbelievable at retaining the ball. Hardly ever loses it. Um, I, I just think he could be massive for us. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I will say actually with Lundstrom, uh, a little. Pat on the back for both of us, I suppose. I went back, when I was doing player ratings for this season, I went back to the previous season, so the promotion season, which obviously you and I did the player ratings. And as part of that, we did a, uh, will this player be good enough for the Premier League, yes or no? And Lundstrom, we had a, uh, how did we put it? I think we said no, but kind of, um, where we basically said he kind of has the tools to play in the Premier League and maybe he'll actually be more successful there with a bit more time on the ball and, you know, just a player with, with great energy who can pass. Who, you know, he is box-to-box at that point in the Championship. He, he was one of our top-scoring midfielders, I think, from the previous season as well. So we kind of saw the tools were there for Lundstrom, mate. So maybe maybe you and I were less surprised at how well he did than uh, than some other ones. What do you reckon? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let you yeah we'll take that I'll take a win there I'll absolutely take a win there quick break to hear from one of our sponsors do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch up then look no further than Glistening Kicks a Sheffield based business who deliver high end cleaning restoration and weather treatment services for shoes sneakers and trainers Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. 
Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, glistening kicks off a local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. Nice one. All right, I've got five very quick questions from me to finish us off uh, and you can just answer these in a couple of sentences if you want um, which Premier League team are you most intrigued to see next season uh, what apart from us um, apart from us yeah th- this is going to be popular um, I know you're going to say I've got a more interesting answer for you but go ahead <laughs> you got push. I am intrigued to see what Leeds do I am <laughs> and it's not from a fascination perspective of drooling how they play <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated to see if they're going to press that high because mm. if they do, the uh, no Leeds fans will be listening, so I'm safe saying this. I guess if they're going to press that high and Raheem Sterling is going to be one on one with Liam Cooper, that's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> um, I like Liam Cooper; he's a perfectly good guy. Uh, you know, we've got friends who are Chesterfield fans; they love him. Really good character, but there's absolutely no way you can leave him one on one with half the Premier League. Mm. Um, so I'm just interested in what they do. There's other teams I'm really interested in, but you know I'm really interested in what they do. I, I just yeah, he, Bielsa is known for being absolutely stubborn and not changing. If he doesn't change, they could be anything. They could they could win games or lose games four three every single time. <laughs> yeah, should be good to watch. You were, you were I thought for a moment you were straying into uh, they're going to get annihilated territory. <laughs> no, 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 no. They might, but no, I'm not saying it. I'll tell you, the team that I'm most intrigued to see next season is Everton. What are Everton doing? That is going to be crazy. Like, still like a kid playing FIFA at the moment. Just like, I'll have him, I'll have him, I'll have him. I have no idea how that team is going to fit together. You're right. Like, I, I, you know, from from just a sheer football perspective, I I love James Rodriguez. But isn't it just, they do this all the time. It's just boring now. It's just Everton. This is what they do. They spend a bunch of money, sign a load of players who a lot of people might like, but who don't really fit and then end up finishing eighth. Yeah, but they have a good manager this time. I'm not too convinced the last couple of managers have been that good. So I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. It could be a total car crash. That's why it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I, 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 in my opinion, Everton will finish eighth or seventh and win the Everton Cup as they normally do. Um, that's, that's, that's where they will finish. They are not good enough to go higher and they are not that bad to go lower. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, isn't it? It's like, why are you spending all this money when probably your your ceiling is probably like sixth, like fifth, maybe at a push? Like Almost, what's the point of this model? But there you go. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Right, next one. Where will United finish next season? I can't believe you've done this to me with no warning. This is horrible. <laughs> you must have um, thought about this. I, I, about about 12th or 13th, I think. Um, okay. I, I, I'm having as a slight dip on last year simply because, from a nerdy perspective, we, we conceded a lot less goals than our expected goals against would, would suggest. Um, mm. Hence, we got more points than, than perhaps performances would have suggested at times when you think of 
the Everton game, we won that game um, away. It was brilliant, but actually they had all the ball um, and had all the. There was a couple of games like that, and a couple of games where we, we got one nil wins or, or draws, where perhaps the cha- balance of chances suggested we should have lost. So I just think we'll be a couple of points down. I also think there's been a vast improvement in the sides around us where we finished this year. Everton, for one, for example, I don't think uh, I don't think Spurs will have as bad start as they did. Um, you know, Man United seem to be improving. The, the, the top four seem to be improving. Um, and I also think the league, the league will be slightly more difficult this year. Um, Norwich were completely wasted at the bottom of the league, weren't they? Um, mm. This year, it was almost like that they were a gimme for points at times. And you know, I, I don't expect certainly Leeds, Fulham, West Brom to, to to fall into that category. They might, but I don't expect them to. So yeah. I, I, I just think we'll be a couple of positions down, but but safe safely in mid table. Nice. I'm. I'm not going to tell you what I think because we're going to do a uh, predictions podcast next week, so I don't want to spoil that. But I, it all makes sense what you just said. Um, right. Pound for pound, what do you think has been the best signing that you've seen in the Premier League so far? Which any any signing that jumps out at you by a Premier League team that's made you go like, wow, that is really good value for money. Timo Werner for Chelsea. Mm. Um, yeah, what was that? It was like fifty million or something. Yeah, it's his release clause. I know that's not a small amount of money to us mere Sheffield United fans, but Timo Werner is potentially a hundred million quid player. Mm, um, he's young as well, right? Was he like twenty three? I think twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Or it's an absolutely unreal signing for the way they want to play as well. He's absolutely mm. rapid. Um, he's brilliant at cutting in off a wing or, or playing as like a mobile nine. He can he can run in behind all day long, and he's as clinical as they come. Uh, I think he is just an unreal signing. Nice. Why? Why has he ended up at Chelsea and not Man City or someone like that? Uh, I think. I think Man City. You know, I think where Werner will probably play is he's left of a front three. Um, okay. And, and City have obviously got Sterling for that, so you're not going to bring someone in to replace one of the best players in the league. Um, and and you're not going to sign Werner to not play. I think the big one was was why didn't Liverpool do it? Mm. Um, because he is absolutely a player in Klopp's mould. He presses all day long. He runs in behind all day long off the left, which is, you know, as much as Liverpool fans don't want to admit it, Salah and Mane are getting older. Um, that's weird to say at 27, 28, I know, but they are. That's football. Um, it's, it's They're into their latter peak years and their value is going to decrease by the year um, unless they start hitting Cristiano and Messi numbers. So um, <laughs> I wondered if Liverpool would do it. And, and I think financially they said they couldn't for whatever reason. So he's the one um, you know Bayern Munich don't need a winger do they let's face it yeah, so, uh, I guess uh, Werner just wants to play for Frank Lampard as well because who wouldn't greatest manager in the world um, <laughs> who would look better you dressed in Ollie McBurney's wardrobe or Ollie McBurney dressed in your wardrobe I don't even know how to answer this <laughs> I've I've probably got some of Ollie McBurney's wardrobe from several years ago um, okay uh, pr- probably I Better or funnier? Um, I think <laughs> weirder. I'd look weirder in Ollie McBurney's wardrobe. I, I've got a massive, massive head, both metaphorically and physically. Uh, <laughs> so if you put me in a bucket hat, I'm going to look like an absolute uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm not a bucket hat wearer. Um, and I don't think Ollie McBurney's going to look good in a shirt and tie. <laughs> Possibly not, no. Good answer. All right, last one. If you had to clone one United player 10 times to make an entire team of that player, which player would you pick to have the best chance of success? So you're picking an entire 11 of the same player. Who would you go for? God, what a question. Um, Ender Stevens, I think. 
Oh, interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Go on, give the logic. It was between Ender and McGoldrick. Yeah, I thought McGoldrick, yeah. I can see but, McGoldrick like doing... He'd fill in fine at centre-half McGoldrick, wouldn't he? There's three well, of them. He can, he can win headers. Exactly. He can, and he's got a great reading of the game. I'm going to go with Ender because Ender's big enough that he's good in the air. He's strong physically. He's quick. He's a good passer. He's a good ball carrier. I think he can defend and he's got a good strike on him. So, literally, I think he could play anywhere. Mm, I quite I actually, like... Go on, sorry. I actually think Ender wouldn't be bad anywhere, if I'm going to be honest. He'd be all right up front. He could score goals. He scores with his head all the time. He scores, he's got a good strike. He could play less than it. more I think about this, I really like Ender Stevens. Yeah, wow. That's, I, I didn't really consider Ender, but that's a really good answer. I, I'm trying to, I was trying to imagine what 11 Chris Bashams would look like, and I decided that it's something that I would like to watch and I would pay like, yeah, vast I would money love, to see. I would love to see that. I don't have it as the best one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm like these random games where Bash appears on the right wing and things like that. Like, yeah. and, and, and and take away that Leeds goal, I'm not having that Bash is a good finisher. This is it. I was just thinking, like, imagine you know your, your front two of Chris Basham and Chris Basham. Like, it could go anywhere, but at least you know if he misses the target, he's probably like you know another Chris Basham is just chasing it down to keep it in play and back heel it off to someone else. And yeah, I think it, I think it'd be good to watch. It would be fascinating to see a team play 11 Chris Bashans and how tired they would be at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they would need... Just 11 ambulances gazelles running around after you constantly. And then when they get it, they just run with it. They don't pass. Because Bash never just... He never passes. He just runs with it. Yeah. Everyone just runs with it all the time. Just like... This would be a fun game. It would, yeah. I feel Bashan might be a better goalkeeper than Ender Stevens, but I don't know if that offsets everything else. I'm not buying that. Ender's iron. They're, 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 they're brilliant hand-eye coordination. They're That's mental fair. as well. <laughs> nice. Good shout. All right, mate. Thanks so much for your time. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Where um, what, what do you want to plug? Tell people about your, your Twitter, about Market oh. Insights, etc. Nothing. Plug nothing. If they, you know, you'll probably know where I'm at. Um, you're probably boring me. And hopefully, we're, as United do sign players, which we will, everyone keep faith, chill, it will happen. Um, as United sign players, I'll put some bits out on them, some video and some some stats and things like that. So keep an eye out, and I'll uh, I'll do some stuff as we, we as the signings come in. Very much looking forward to it. Don't go. Uh, so maybe maybe you jinxed it with Anthony Robinson point, posting those uh, clips and stuff before he signed. I know uh, <laughs> I know Andrew is like uh, he's, he's given up gathering views on opposition players before they sign because he had about five that have just now gone elsewhere. So I think he's he's trying to we'll, avoid jinxing it himself. We'll, but we'll, we'll wait to the we'll wait till they're in the building holding the shirt. Yeah, that's best, mate. Right. Thanks so much, Jay. Really appreciate you coming on. Great to talk to you again. Uh, I'm sure everyone enjoyed listening to that as well. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, have to have you on again soon and uh, look forward to reading more of your fantastic Twitter and blog output. Always, uh, Always a pleasure, mate. Thanks a lot. No problem. Thanks, mate.